Hello and welcome to Series Learns, hosted by Series Unified School District Superintendent, Dr. Denise Wickham. This podcast addresses topics related to education and their impact on Series students, families, and staff. To ask a question for a future episode, email communications at series.k12.ca.us. Now your host, Dr. Denise Wickham. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a new school year and a new episode of Series Learns. I am Denise Wickham, and although I am new in my role as superintendent, I am not new to the district. I have had the honor of being a part of CUSD for the past 16 years. Here with me today to provide an update on what's happening with the school year so far, and as we look forward, are... Dr. Peterman, our Deputy Superintendent of Educational Services. Hello, everyone. We also have Dan Pangrazio, Assistant Superintendent of Business Services. Hi, everyone. And Dr. David Viss, Assistant Superintendent of Personnel Services. Hi, listeners. Amy, Dan, David, why don't we start with a topic that's on everyone's mind and certainly driving much of what we do and how we do it this year, COVID-19. Dan, let's start with you. What can you tell us about precautions in place this school year and how those are working so far? Absolutely. Series Unified is following the safety guidelines from California Department of Public Health. We'll continue to do so throughout the year. Right now, the key guidance is to wear masks inside regardless of vaccination status. Masks are not required, though, outside for anyone. Of course, we have cleaning procedures in place at all sites throughout the day, and extra custodians implement those procedures. Our full Series Unified Safety Plan is on the district website if you're interested in more detail. Thank you, Dan, for those current safety guidelines. David, what can you tell us about hiring that we've been able to do during COVID? Yes, absolutely. So specifically to COVID, we've continued some of our short-term hiring. So for example, the short-term custodian at each school site, and really the purpose is to support the current custodians at the site, and their focus would be on the cafeteria, cleanliness of restrooms, and high-frequent areas. Last school year and continuing into this school year is the short-term technology specialist one, just support when it comes to the Chromebooks. Two new short-term positions that we've hired for this school year with students coming back on campus. One is our short-term pair of twos. We've placed these at each elementary school site to help our students acclimate when they come back into the classroom, whether it's with their educational needs or just, you know, understanding kind of how the classroom procedures work. If you think back to our kindergarten students who missed the majority of the year last school year, and this helps support them as first graders within the classroom. Also in addition for this year is our short-term health clerks. We are testing students at sites. We are, of course, getting several phone calls in need of support for our students and for our families when it comes to COVID questions. The short-term health clerks will support our staff with testing our students, as well as supporting students and families with other questions that they may have. It's giving an opportunity for our nurses to continue to support the sites in their current capacity. So, David, what about other positions? Do we have open positions for substitutes in various classifications? We post all of our open positions on EdJoin. You can find that on the website, www.edjoin.org. We are currently hiring sub-pair professionals. This um, has flexible schedules, flexible hours. There's no higher ed requirements. We also are currently hiring short-term health clerks. Are there both full-time and part-time positions available? Yes. So depending on what your schedule looks like and your interests, there is full-time positions available uh, as well as part-time positions. 
We probably can understand what a health clerk, what their responsibilities may be doing. You've explained that. What about a paraprofessional? What does a paraprofessional do? So we have multiple paraprofessional positions within the district, paraprofessional one or paraprofessional two. And these would be working specifically with students in a general educational setting. Something would be just with kindergarten students. Other would be supporting students with their academics. Other paraprofessional positions we have is a paraprofessional three. These would be working in a special education setting. Again, supporting students at times one-on-one, depending on a student need, but also supporting the special educational setting. Thank you. Dan, if we could go back to some of the points that you were making earlier regarding the California Department of Public Health and us following those guidelines, I'm very excited to say that less than 1% of the Series Unified School District's population have tested positive. And this means that our guidelines in place at school are working. So if we could get a little more into those guidelines... There are options for students once they are positively exposed at school. There's a stay-at-school option, and then there's a, a home quarantine option. Can you elaborate on those two different options for us? Absolutely, Dr. Wickham. Thank you very much. So going back to the guidelines um, first, uh, California Department of Public Health published guidelines over the summer that essentially say that if students are wearing and adults are wearing masks inside, then school can happen in person safely. We have seen that in our schools. As long as we have mask wearing inside um, from everyone and continue to clean and we continue to have our uh, ventilation system and have the high-grade filters that we have, then school is absolutely safe and students can be in person. In terms of quarantine, if your child has tested positive for COVID, then he or she has to stay home on a home quarantine. But if your child is not sick but has been exposed to COVID at school, your child should come to school and take two COVID tests so he or she can continue to learn in person. Dr. Wickham, that's what you refer to as the stay-at-school option. Based on the guidance and what we're seeing with the data, it's absolutely safe for students to come to school when they're not sick and they're not positive. We know that this can be complicated and that sometimes it can be scary as a parent, but even if they have been exposed, they don't need to stay at home for multiple days and miss out on their learning. So if I choose to have my child tested twice within that 10-day time period and they remain at school, can my child still attend the after-school program? Yes, absolutely. There's no difference uh, when your child comes back on what's called the stay-in-school option is they come back and they are able to do all the things they would normally do. And and what this comes back to is at the national level with the CDC and at the state level, what they're saying is if your child's been exposed, but they're not having symptoms and they're not feeling sick, then they can be in school like all the other students safely. So they can go to lunch, they can play outside at recess, they can be in class like they were previously um, to the exposure, they can go to the cafeteria and eat. There are no limitations, which I think just kind of shows, Dr. Wickham, that it is believed by all health professionals to be safe to come to school, even if there's been an exposure. That really is the main difference this school year, as opposed to mass closures from last year. Thank you for that clarification, Dan. Are there any exceptions to a student that has chosen the stay-at-school option after they've been exposed? Yes, actually, there is one, and that is athletics. And students are not able to participate in athletics if they have been exposed, and we'll share some more information on that. 
Yeah, so when it comes to a student who's on stay at school, quarantine, and athletics, um, they would be unable to participate in sports. And these guidelines are following our, our CIF guidelines as well as California Department of Public Health. So if a student is on the stay-at-school option and they have been exposed at school, at what point can the student be considered to participate again in their clubs and sports? So an option that we have is to have the students um, tested on day seven of their quarantine. So if a student receives a negative test and they would be able to return on day eight, so short in a few days of their quarantine. Athletics is ever-changing, um, so we are keeping a close eye on any other changes or updates as they continue. But again, just we are excited that our students are playing sports and participating in athletics. How about learning during our stay-at-school option or our home quarantine option? Dr. Peterman, could you clarify how that might look for students? Sure. So for those that are eligible, again, we are encouraging our families to choose to keep their students in school, even after an exposure. They would continue learning. They would continue going to school every day, um, receiving that daily live in-person instruction like the rest of their classmates. But for those families that are too nervous to send their, their students to school or for those students who are positive or are showing symptoms, we do have an option for them, and that is a short-term independent study contract. So what that means is that the office would initiate an agreement that the parent would sign that would allow the teacher to provide work for the students. Typically, that comes in the form of access to work posted on Google Classroom, which the vast majority of our teachers do use. So students would be able to access that work, access presentations that are shared during that time, as well as any other handouts or work that's assigned. If appropriate or necessary, packets could be provided to the students as well. Sometimes with our younger students, that's a better option. Sometimes if there is no reliable internet at home, then hard copy packets are an option. Although we do have some resources that we could share with all families to help provide them with the necessary internet access. And then upon return to school, they'll have some time to turn in that work they missed during their time at home and receive some additional support from their teachers because we know there really is no good replacement for in-person instruction, but we want to make sure to support our students in that transition back to school. Thank you, Amy, for all of that information regarding our students who may need to be home while they are either recovering from an illness or choose to stay home throughout their entire quarantine. Are there any other options for families if they aren't comfortable sending their students to school at all for the time being? Yes, there's actually uh, an option for families to enroll their student in a long-term independent study program for the school year. For our K-8 students, that program is being run out of Patricia K. Beaver campus and for our high school students out of the Endeavor High School campus. It is truly an independent study program. However, I really want to make sure that families understand that when they sign up for that option, it is not like last year's distance learning option where they have access to a live teacher. It really does require adult support 
because there is a lot of independent work that the students need to do in addition to having some some check-ins, some live check-ins with a teacher, but it's not the same as having access to regular live instruction. Excellent. If I'm a parent and I would like to know about my different options, who should I contact? I think the best place to start is with the school site that your student is currently enrolled in. I would call the office and tell them that you want to know about what the different learning options are, and they will connect you with the right person to get you started. So Amy, what can we do not just to support our students in their academic success, but in their overall well-being? Well, first of all, reaching out to your child's school is always a good first step. The staff there can provide you with lots of information about the various resources and services that are available for series students. However, you can also visit our website at www.series.k12.ca.us, click the parent portal on our homepage, and then under the left hand pane, click social emotional supports and mental health services. There's a nice description of what the different services are that are provided in Series Unified. Yes, and some other services that are provided with Series Unified, one of them is Hazel Health. Uh, Series Unified School District has contract with Hazel Health, and it's a, a wonderful opportunity for our families to utilize. They can teleconference or video conference with a Hazel Health provider and give them support with, with whatever their medical needs may be. We are getting several calls of whether a student has a headache or some other type of of symptoms that they may have, and contacting Hazel Health is a great way to help the families and the student to help identify what it may be. There's also prescriptions that can be offered through Hazel Health. One question I get quite often with Hazel Health is, does it bill my insurance, and what is the cost? It's at no cost to our families. And since it's contracted with Series Unified, Hazel Health also does not bill a private insurance or insurance that a family may have. Other resources that we have, vaccine clinics. We do have one coming up on October 6th at Central Valley High School, and it'll run 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And Second Harvest, we've teamed up with Second Harvest, the uh, food truck that's at Walter White. We have added a mobile vaccine clinic that will be on site at Walter White at the same time as the Second Harvest food truck. The next one will be October 11th, and that'll be at the Walter White parking lot, and that'll be from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. as well. So, Dr. Wickham, before we wrap up, you mentioned earlier that this is your first year as the superintendent of Series Unified School District. But for those who haven't already heard about your vision for the district, could you please share it with the listeners for today? My vision for the district is that schools are places where students and staff want to be. It's a place that's safe. It's fun. School is encouraging. It's where kids want to be and they want to learn. They learn to read. They learn to love math. They learn to trust people, they learn to be kind, they learn to accept, and they learn to love learning, which that has to be the goal of our educational systems, as that will serve them for a lifetime. I I look forward to watching our students thrive in the weeks and months and years to come. Being back in school, there is no replacement for that. As we wrap up today, I just have to thank all our families for trusting us 
and for supporting us as we navigate this journey of uncertainty. I also want to thank our staff. I know that our staff are working very hard and making many, many decisions every day that are in the best interest of our students and our families. And we are truly partners in this educational journey for the students in Series Unified. With that, we will wrap up this first episode of Series Learns. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, please email communications at series.k12.ca.us. And don't forget to follow Series Unified School District on both Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, have fun and keep learning.